0: Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.
1: Welcome to Shedding Shackles. Today's topic is spiritual stress. And now, here's your Shedding Shackles host, Roland Trujillo.
0: The stresses that we have aren't, you know, being chased by... A tiger or a lion or that sort of thing. The stresses that we are facing now are of a more spiritual nature. Remember, Paul said it so beautifully. He said, "We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual wickedness in high places." My name is Roland. The program is called "Shedding Shackles." I am your host. And I've been at the microphone now for over... I think I'm in my 32nd year. 32nd year on the radio. It's been a lot of fun. I've learned a lot. And I want to tell you today some things. First of all, this is a time of stress. But it's always been that way, hasn't it? If you go back to the earliest times... There's always been stresses, and so it's something that we have to deal with. You think, well, this is particularly troublesome here. Well, now you understand what it was like living in Nazi Germany. The German people were under a tremendous stress, and many of them walked around in a sort of a daze. They knew that something that wasn't right was going on, but they didn't know what to do about it. And some of them totally bought into it. They thought Hitler was great, and they bought into it. They went along with it. And so now you understand when stress is applied. But like I was saying on a program that I made, I think it was last week or the week before, I said that now the stresses that we have aren't you know, being chased by a tiger or a lion or that sort of thing. The stresses that we are facing now are of a more spiritual nature. Remember, Paul said it so beautiful. He said, We wrestle not with flesh and blood, but with spiritual wickedness in high places. Something like that is what he said. And now you get it. Now your eyes are opened the veil is parted. Remember Winston Churchill after World War II? He talked about the iron fist in a velvet glove. Well, for a long time, we've seen the velvet glove, haven't we? And we thought everything was fine. Well, now you're seeing the iron fist. It's always that way. So now you have to wake up and stay awake. Right now, it appears that the country is divided into into basically two categories, the people who are awake and the people who are not awake. The people who are not awake are in a, a sort of a trance, a sort of a mass psychosis. They don't see what's right in front of their eyes. I'll never forget one time. I was uh, watching a, a stage hypnotist. What was his name? Was it Anthony Gailey? I think his name is. He's very good. He, he he's a hypnotist that puts on presentations for large corporations. You know, when when they have their their annual staff meeting at uh, Las Vegas or Orlando, Florida, or some you know something like that. Well, he does those kind of things. But I'll never forget. He he got some people on the stage, and they were hypnotized, and then one of the people there he hypnotized her to not be able to see her shoe and then he snapped his fingers and then she opened her eyes and then he said where's your where's your shoe she looked at her feet and one of her shoes was missing but you know what she was she he had put it in her hand she was holding the shoe in her hand and he said One of your shoes is missing. Find your shoe so you can put it on. She looked everywhere. It was in her hand. She couldn't see it. And then finally, I think he went so far as to say, what are you holding in your hand? And she looked befuddled. She didn't see it. She couldn't see her own shoe. So do you understand that that is the power of hypnotism? That's the power of it. Now, hypnosis is something that we're all subject to when we're not totally awake. You know, when you go to buy a car, and then you get all excited about that particular car, then you end up buying it, and then a couple of days later you think, oh, geez, did I really need that? Or you're going out with some guy and you think he's really great, and all of a sudden you find out he's really not so great, and then you wonder, how, how could I have been so caught up with that guy? See? Well, it's hypnosis. You don't really see what you see. You're living in a dream world, a, fa- a kind of a fantasy world. Usually it's a fantasy world created by somebody else for you. They're painting word pictures and you're listening to what they're saying and you, you don't really see what's going on. They have you distracted. And so, you know, the the techniques are so obvious, but what you have to see, this is what you have to see. You have to see that if you're like... Most people, you have been hypnotized and bamboozled and fooled and you've been subject to liars. See, they're the ones that want you hypnotized. And so the proof, what is the proof? Well, the proof is that you bought things that you shouldn't have bought. You said things you shouldn't have said. You did things you shouldn't have done. You wasted time, sometimes years of your life. And with the microphones, people ask, no, I don't have a church. I do not have a church. I'm just a person. And I open my mouth and I talk. And if what I say strikes a responsive chord, then that's good. If you're like most people, you have been hypnotized and Bamboozled and fooled, and you've been subject to liars. And so, the proof what is the proof? Well, the proof is that you bought things that you shouldn't have bought, you said things you shouldn't have said, you did things you shouldn't have done, you wasted time, sometimes years of your life. How many of you know someone who's caught up with somebody? I know there was a nice lady that I knew, and She was caught up with some older guy, and he strung her along for years. For years he strung her along, and she couldn't break free. Yeah, I think she kind of knew. Well, you know, the other day I heard a man say the same thing about what's going on now. A lot of people are totally caught up in the, you could call it the narrative you could call it the, the Zeitgeist. You could call it the... whatever you want to call it. They're totally caught up in it. Now, we know these things have happened in the past, haven't we? We know it happened to the people in Hitler, Germany. We know that it happened... For example, there was the... Uh, what was the name of it? The Red Guard that uh, went around and did a lot of bad things in China. Well, those people were caught up. See, You see, it's always a situation where some of the people are caught up and some are awake. And the ones that are totally caught up, they march around and they do awful things. They do terrible, terrible things and they don't even realize what they're doing. So now, having said all of that, I'm not saying anything that you don't already know. And many of you, let let me put it this way. It's quite clear now. Half the country is is asleep in one way or another, and the other half is awake or waking up. And so, I want to address myself to both of you. Those of you who are asleep, and um, there's no good in you, and you have no love of truth, and you're totally selfish, and you're prideful, and you would never admit that you're wrong, well, then... Uh, there's not much I can do for you. But some of you are asleep and you kind of suspect it there's something missing. Look, when I was a young guy, can we talk? Remember Joan Rivers? She used to say can we talk? It was so cute. Well, can we talk? Look, when I was a young guy, when I was twenty or thirty years old, I was you could say I was selfish. That's it. I was selfish and I was angry. So those two things, either one of them, will keep you in a trance. But I was both. And so you can imagine that I did a lot of dumb things and said a lot of dumb things and got caught up in a lot of dumb things and spent a lot of money on things I shouldn't have spent money on. And I was kind of like a lost sheep wandering around, and then I followed this person said do this, and this person said that, and I just did what they said. And so I was just like everybody else but I guess there was something in me that deep down I loved the truth. Deep down. I kind of liked the truth. And deep down, I was always searching. I didn't realize it at the time. But whenever something was spoken that was so clearly true, it struck a responsive chord with me. And I guess that eventually like I was on a rubber band, and I was moving farther and farther away from truth, but, but God had a hold of the r- rubber band at the other end, and so I got farther and farther away, but, but there was a limit to how far I could go. And then finally, I began to come back, and it's been beautiful coming back. But now what I want to say to you is that at times, those of you who are asleep, there are certain times when you wake up a little bit, I'll give you an example. When my father died, when my father died, it began to wake me up a little bit. I began to see that life was not just, you know, sports and messing around and things like that, that there had to be something more to life. It sobered me. Some people have a close call. You know, they have a heart attack or Somebody they know gets really sick. It's a close call. It sobers them. Some people have a capacity for rising to the occasion. I had a boss like that. I talked about him on a previous broadcast. The bigger a crisis it was, the more everybody else was running around wringing their hands. He became very, very solid, and he handled the situation with masterful poise. You remember there was a quarterback, Joe Montana. Remember, Joe Montana was that way. When it was the end of the game, somehow, it was a gift that he had. He became super calm, and he, he was able to handle the situation. Well, some of you have that. But now I, I want you to see that that little bit that you have is good, but you've got to have more of it. That's what you need more. More of it. A little bit is not enough. You have to go all the way. Christ often talked about persisting, about persevering to the end. So, you have to go all the way. Now, a lot of people begin to wake up, but then they don't want to. They don't want to. It's something like, have you ever woken up in the middle of the night? It actually happened to me. I heard Joyce Meyer. Have you heard her? She's a a Christian speaker. She's she's actually very good. I really like her. She had a very hard childhood, very difficult. She overcame it, and she's, she's a beautiful lady. But she was talking about waking up in the middle of the night, and you're chill, very chilly, and there's a blanket that's over on the chair. You have to get up out of your bed and go get the blanket, but somehow you can't rouse yourself to get out of bed and go get the blanket. Have, well, I had that the other night, there was something that I could go and get. It probably was like a blanket. But I just could not rouse myself from my grogginess to go and get it, even though I knew I should get it. Well, a lot of people live their life that way. They just, they don't want to wake up anymore because you know what? Something in them is a little bit afraid of what they're going to discover. So they just don't want to wake up. But you do, you have to wake up.
1: In these challenging times in which we live, Roland has decided to make the complete four-part meditation exercise available for free to those who cannot afford a donation. The meditation exercise is a tool for dealing with stress and remaining centered. To listen to the complete four-part meditation exercise, simply go to SheddingShackles.com and click on the middle icon, Meditation. We love hearing from you, so keep the comments and questions coming. Our listener call-in line is 510-455-8851. That's 510-455-8851. This is Jeremiah Trujillo wishing you better relationships and a better life.
0: address myself to those people who are awake. All right. Now you're awake. Now you see the liars. Now you see the tyrants. You see the tyranny. I was listening to a program yesterday, a beautiful program. What was, uh, what was the name of it? Oh, I forget what it was. But uh, the, the person, it was a very nice lady. And she said, she said, say yes parental rights. Say no to tyranny. Say yes to parental rights. Say no to tyranny. Isn't that beautiful? Remember a long time ago, President Reagan's wife was Nancy Reagan. And back at that time, there was a lot of problem with drugs, as there there are now. But she had a little campaign going, and she had a slogan. It was, just say no to drugs. Just say no. Well, you know what? That's beautiful. Just say no. So those of you who are awake, now you see. And you have to have a little bit of backbone. And you have to be strong. But don't get upset. I remember I used to listen to a nice man. He's just, he passed away recently. Brilliant. A gift to United States from God, a gift to the world from God. And he said, and I think he was talking about the left, basically the left, he said they're going to do awful things. And he said, when they do those awful things, don't become upset because that's what they want. They want you to become angry and upset. See, then you lose your cool, then you lose your poise, you lose your center of dignity, you lose your ability to reason properly, you lose the ground of being from which you could stand up, see, properly. So, when he said they're going to do awful things, well, I in my mind, I was thinking, well, he's probably talking about, uh, you know, like they had these riots in uh, Portland, remember? I don't know if they're still having them. They're having these riots and so on. I thought he was talking about that sort of thing, and he probably was, but I never dreamed that when he said awful things, that it could be tyranny. Paul said, spiritual wickedness in high places. Well, that's what we're seeing. And there are some good programs on the radio and on television, and you can find them. If you're awake, if you're awake, you'll find them. I don't need to mention them. But now we're seeing tyranny that I never dreamed I would see. And so now, see it clearly. Stay awake. Watch. Don't become upset. Of course, you can be indignant. You can see what they're up to and be strongly opposed to what they're trying to pull, to the scheme they're trying to pull what they're trying to get away with, what they're trying to force upon you, what they're trying to compel you into doing. See it and move with discretion and wisdom for yourself and for your family. But don't get upset. Now, to not get upset, it helps to have um, faith, doesn't it? Well, it does. It absolutely does. And you need to have faith. But some of you, let me put it this way, you haven't quite gone all the way with your faith. Remember, I said you have to go all the way. Christ said you have to persist all the way. You've got to go all the way. Now, a lot of you, you hear wonderful things being said in church, and you like them. And you know they're true. Well, that's good. And you see noble people, and you like that. And that's good and you don't doubt that they're noble. And then you see some people that are ignoble. You see people who are tyrants, and who are traitors, and who are compromisers, and who are liars. You see them, and you don't like it. And they don't cause you to doubt yourself. You just see what they're up to. But you have to go one more step. You have to and I'm going to be just a little bit religious here, you have to connect with your creator. You have to connect with him. And it's a way of being, a way of living and moving and having your being. You may have in your lifetime known someone who was a very... they were It was like they were otherworldly. It was like they were from a different to mention. They had a a peace about them, a solidity, a calmness. It had nothing to do with the way they looked, the color of their hair, the words that they spoke. It It was a way of being. Maybe you were lucky to have known someone like that. Often they're an older person, you know, a really good grandma or an uncle or something. That's what you need to find. You have to find that being. And you find it by searching, by yearning with all your heart for something good and pure. Now you can see what's ignoble. You can see the things that you had relied upon. Now you see that they're flawed and you see that that the wrong people have gotten into power. You see that. Now you see it, and so that's the case. So you must look for something higher to trust in. And you know, of course, that it's God. But you have to also connect with him. And you do that by becoming still and searching with all your heart. I used to know a nice man, he was a teacher, he was a very nice teacher. When you asked him a question, he wouldn't immediately answer it with some glib answer that he had memorized. He would look up and pause and thoughtfully consider before he gave you the answer. It was such a beautiful thing. Well, you know what, that looking up and that pause and that thoughtfulness is very close to finding your creator it's very close that's the kind of attitude that's the kind of state of being that you must have and it lends itself to finding and so some of you say well, well what's this meditation that you have well that's what that's all it is it just it helps people to become less upset to be calm and when you're calm then you can say the right thing. Then you won't be impatient with your kids. You'll you'll have this calm perspective. And it's kind of like wanting to be close to God. You want to be close to Him. And then, then that's part of it. You want to know the truth. And you want something pure and good. And then the other part, the other part then, is to somehow implement it in your life. It's the knowing and doing thing. It's to somehow being willing to speak the truth, to stand for what's right, to not resent other people. see what I mean? Being patient with other people. Then how do you begin that to happen? Well, you can begin by sitting quietly and watching and resisting being pulled into thought being pulled into daydreams and remain in the present so that you can, and I know this is going to sound, to some of you it's going to sound weird, but so that you can sense the presence of God, the peace of God, the calmness of God. You sense that He's there and then you go out in the world and do all the things that you do as a mom or dad or student or what have you but you have that with you it's very beautiful did you know that my most popular book is the myths and mysteries of marriage a spiritual and practical look at relationships my favorite chapter is how to forgive and forget The Myths and Mysteries of Marriage. Check it out at Amazon.com or SheddingShackles.com. When you really and truly want to know the truth and you want God in your life and you're willing willing to overlook people's little mistakes and errors, willing to be patient with them, then this little meditation helps you to get started. It helps you to implement being patient with other people. It helps you to implement and to find the state of being where you can be patient with other people. You are moving from a calm center of dignity. And that's what it helps you to find. So it is both knowing and doing, knowing God and being patient with other people, loving God and loving other people by not resenting them, by not hating them, seeing what they're up to, but not resenting them. Until next time, Lord willing, and a Greek don't rise. I'll see you then. Bye-bye. Shedding Shackles is sponsored by Roland Trujillo.